Well, and what I think is hard for people to wrap their heads around is you think about 130 deer on 500 acres, and you know, how are you not just basically shooting fish in a barrel? But we've been driving around for 30 minutes already, and what we've seen six six does and a dozen fawns. You know, haven't seen a good buck yet. Uh, it's a it's a legitimate hunt because in every one of these vineyard rows, you know, you've got a 10 foot window that you can see down, or, or sometimes less and then you can only see 30 to 70 percent of the row. Uh, it's a lot of time just looking and glassing and You know I've hunted up here in the Paso area since the late 80s um, and I never considered even looking down a vineyard row for a deer. Um, coming here a few years back uh, changed my mind and now even on the high fence properties I find myself looking down every row. Oh, there's a good buck. And so look toward the top edge of that and you're going to start seeing bone all over the place. I am excited to announce that we have partnered with the Outdoorsman's in Fountain Hills, Arizona. They can provide all of your optics needs along with some of the best machine tripods and mounting accessories in the business. Swarovski, Zeiss, Leica, Leupold, binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, you name it. They can provide it and at the industry's most competitive prices. They are offering our listeners an exclusive offer on all Outdoorsman's manufactured products such as packs, tripods, tripod heads, and other gear they manufacture. At checkout, type in the discount code RNA15, that is RNA15, and you will receive a one-time 15% off your order. Please go to Outdoorsman's.com and use the discount code today. Thank you for the support. Well, we are out here on the Steinbeck Vineyard Ranch. We're driving around. Uh, Mr. Ryan Newkirk, who's no stranger to the podcast, is touring us around the ranch. We thought we'd get out before season and take a look at some of the deer he's got this year. He's only been sending me photos almost daily of bucks out here, and he keeps telling me you got to come out here and check these out. So I'm pretty excited to, to join Ryan today. And we've also got one of Ryan's good friends, uh, Mr. Kevin Steele, with us today. Kevin, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Kevin, maybe just real quick for the guests, maybe tell everyone a little bit about you and uh, kind of your background and uh, what you got going on. Oh, wow. Uh, well, at the moment, I'm the publisher of Peterson's Hunting Magazine. Uh, I've been with what were the uh, Peterson Publishing titles, the outdoor titles, since uh, 1987. Okay. Uh, and I've been in the actual industry uh, since 1977. So uh, I've, a seen, few years then, huh? yeah, I've seen a lot come Just and go. Just a few years. But, uh, you know, that's the one thing that's uh, so cool about being a hunter is the fact that if, if you're still not excited by this stuff, you shouldn't be out here hunting, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would say we're kind of got a little bit of a luxury here being on the coast. I mean, we're one of the earliest deer seasons in archery, and then, you know, our general rifle season opens this weekend, which is 
what we'd call probably Ryan's Super Bowl, huh, Ryan, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. No, I'm every bit as pumped as anybody going into the Super Bowl could be. Yeah, what was your text today? I'm just a little bit amped. I'm so a little amped. Just a little yeah. excited. So, Ryan, maybe, uh, and I know you've you've been on the podcast, maybe just talk a little bit about um, the ranch, the facility, kind of what you guys do, some of the hunts you guys run, and kind of what someone could expect if they were to come out and experience this. Yeah, so the, you know, the hunting side of things is very much a side aspect of the business. I mean, we manage 750-plus acres of premium wine grapes here in the Paso Robles area. Uh, this property's been in our family since 1921. We've been growing grapes since 1982. Uh, and gosh, what was it? 2010, we really started to realize that bucks like grapes, deer like grapes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess there's, there's a reason why people spend so much money on all these high fences that you see around every vineyard. Um, and it's because it's exceptional habitat. And so yeah. starting in 2013, I started offering deer hunts on the property. Uh, Kevin, I think we figured out you hunted here in 2016. I think it was 16, yeah. It was the year that uh, Weatherby introduced the 65300 cartridge. That's right, yeah, yeah. I think you were one of the first first harvest with that caliber right yeah absolutely uh actually it may have been uh you know the first blacktail taken with the 65300 that was a pretty good buck that was a darn good buck that's cool as i remember i think it uh it taped out at 133 and an eighth oh jeez yeah somewhere in Uh, that range which you know this i mean there's there's bigger blacktails out there for sure but for an area like this the a zone of california is a it's as close to an opportunity area as you're going to get anywhere in California. The, the, the tags are virtually unlimited. Yeah. Um, what, 25,000 tags or something places, crazy like that? Places to hunt are the limiting factor. Yeah. You know, and, and then anywhere that's public is so crowded. And, you know, Lucas, you, you like to get out there and get way back in where nobody else is willing to go, especially in 100. 10 plus degree heat <laughs> but yep. you know it's it's largely a private land hunt yeah um and what we've got going on here in the vineyard is you know we're we're hunting 500 of our 750 acres and we've got probably a 130 resident deer on the property so just a wow you know massive population and and the area that we're driving through right now, actually, because of this drought that we're dealing with this year, got completely decimated. It's a virtually 100% loss to the deer. Uh, you know, if you if you look to our left, those vines should have canopies that are 40 plus inches long. Wow! And there's nothing. You know, you look to our right. That's yeah. what they should look like. Yeah. Then you look over here in the unfenced area. And uh, that's what we're dealing with. And we've kind of made a commitment to not fencing except in, you know, isolated situations where we're planting young vines, something like that, so that, uh, you know, the, the vines stand a chance. But then in a year like this where we've had, you know, 50% of average rainfall and all came in one event, the the native grasses all of that kind of stuff just didn't even stand a chance and so as soon as the deer could move into 
the vineyard, they did, and they they just wiped us out. It's cost hundreds of thousands of dollars this year. Wow, wow, yeah. And what the listeners can't see right now, obviously, we're we're driving through the vineyard here and we're looking down these different rows, and it's pretty crazy to to see the damage. And what was interesting, what I kind of picked up on towards the end of a lot of those rows was a big pond. So, what you may correlate there is that the deer were probably moving to water, and they were on the way probably getting a bite here and there and eating the leaves and obviously it tore up the tore up the vines pretty hard i could sure uh, see a difference between what the rows looked like five years ago and what they look like uh, this season yep yeah and then on top of that you know there's been some changes in property ownership and so this fence that's on our right here again obviously people can't see that but this fence didn't exist when you hunted here last. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, you know, and, and the reality is grapes are a high value crop. And so I don't blame people for wanting to fence that off and protect their investment. Yeah. But we've made the decision that wildlife can have a, a place on our property. Which is cool because when you think about your your I would say quintessential, you know, blacktail deer hunt. You're thinking, you know, in the oaks, the vast oaks, and that just dry, you know, oak brush stuff. I mean, not the habitat you would think of of hunting in a vineyard. But what's interesting is is the the quality and also the quantity of deer that you've been able to sustain on the property. And again, it's it's not a it's not a huge, you know, fifty thousand acre ranch this is you know you're talking 500 acres where you're home to probably close to 150 200 deer you know at any given time that's pretty incredible what you guys have done here and how you've been able to sustain that well the fact that this vineyard isn't fenced is what makes it unique uh in the area as ryan was saying because most of the uh, properties are high fenced yeah and you know i've hunted up here in the paso area since the late 80s um and i never considered even looking down a vineyard row for a deer. Um, Coming here a few years back uh, changed my mind. And now even on the high fence properties, I find myself looking down every row. (laughs) Yeah, there's no doubt. It's a, it's a different hunt. It's, uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan invited me out last year and it was kind of took a chance. He goes, "Ah, I see this guy, he archery hunts and seems like a good guy. So Ryan invited me out and he said, well, I'll throw your bow in the truck. I said, all right. So I had grinded pretty hard through the season and, and had hunted a couple good bucks, just didn't get close enough and, and didn't didn't get to squeeze off on any of them. We come out here the first night and end up sticking a buck in one of these rows actually was where we had just come through and and i'd never hunted in a vineyard in my life and uh it's it's a different experience it it's something that you know it it's, takes you out of your norm a little bit and uh, especially for a guy like me who like ryan said i like to go and kind of tuck myself away in the middle of the mountains where no one else is this is definitely a different experience but it it was a very fun experience it was a lot of fun we had a great time and that was kind of our our intro of getting to be friends and know each other and it's just spawned since then so it was really really cool experience well and what i think is hard for people to wrap their heads around is you think about 130 deer on 500 (laughs) acres and you know how are you not just basically shooting fish in a barrel but we've been driving around for 30 minutes already and what we've seen six, six does and a dozen fawns yeah you know haven't seen a good buck yet uh, it's a it's a legitimate hunt because in every one of these vineyard rows 
you know, you've got a 10 foot window that you can see down or, or sometimes less, and then you can only see, you know, 30 to 70% of the row. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of time just looking and glassing and and of course, as the season goes on, like you've shared, Ryan, these canopies get bigger, right? Right. And then it becomes harder to find the deer as the as the canopies and the leaves grow. You know, as you get towards September and obviously October, when our rut really starts to get hot and heavy, it's probably hard to pick out deer at that time. Right. You know, and then the other angle too is, I mean, as a as a ethical hunter and an ethical guide, we don't. It's not like we're shooting out of the truck. We're driving around in the truck right now, and this is how we hunt. We use this to spot them because there's 400,000 vines, you know, there's 4,300 rows on the property, and you can't see everything, you know, even from every angle that you are in the pickup, you can't see everything. Yeah. And so the idea is cruise around in the pickup, you know, spot a deer, and then figure out how to put a sneak on it. And what's kind of fun about it is that sneak uh, I'm trying to think back last year we had 13 or 14 failed stocks because you know you're walking down one of these rows you know exactly where the deer is and then they take two steps yeah. and you don't have a shot they're gone because these canopies are massive yeah they're gone you know they can move under the rows way faster than you can and so, you know, everything has to kind of align. It's, it's, it's pretty similar to most other Western-type hunting that you're going to see in that, you know, you've got a very tight window of opportunity. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's any gimmies out here by any means, regardless of method of take, for sure. Well, I mean, what if, last year when you got your buck, Lucas, what did we, we probably covered two and a half miles on foot yeah. just in that yep. last... 30 minutes we were grinding halfway yeah. jogging the whole time yep. you know just chasing a herd of deer around until yep. you had a decent shot opportunity yeah it's definitely a challenge without a doubt there's a lot of ground to cover and uh like ryan said you're looking at these you know these 10 foot wide windows uh row after row after row so you never get a big picture uh of of the property uh it's it's an individual row by row examination yep it's really just a snapshot you know and with a lot of the topography out here you don't you can't see for more than maybe 100 200 yards at most right and then yep. you're over a hill down the backside of another little ridge or whatever it's so it is it's it's definitely uh definitely not easy spotting them that's for sure and there's really nowhere i mean there's a there's a high hill that's kind of centrally located on the property and so, you know, we'll sit up there once the day starts heating up, and that's, I don't know if we've mentioned that yet, but just how hot it gets oh, here hot. during season. <laughs> Heat. Um, what are you talking about? It's like 85 <laughs> degrees right now. It's beautiful. Right, and it's not going to be that tomorrow, and it's no. certainly not going to be that on if, opener. If you haven't hunted in triple digits, you haven't hunted the A-zone. It's pretty much synonymous opening archery or general it's gonna be a hundred plus and uh, yeah. i grinded a few weekends in the archery i i recall seeing 118 in my truck on one day and i think i think i may have texted ryan a picture that day and i was absolutely wiped out i have not been that wiped out in a long time but 
teat like that just takes that and you, and you think these deer thrive in this environment you know they they somehow can live and, and thrive in these temperatures it's just incredible that these deer do what they do so we're uh we're just moving along here this is like the fairway this is like the this is like the main hub here we're waiting to see that 133 and a quarter inch buck just step out yeah take a look at us and wink his eyes nope there's a deer down there come back on the left one. hand yeah one back one row just its booty hanging out this is kind of the honey hole right here this year yeah there's a doe and a fawn so ryan so this year in, in of years past as well um kind of what is your operation I, you know you you talk about kind of the family business started doing this you know you know back in the tens but how many hunters do you take kind of what's your what's your camp set up for this year are you looking like yeah so we've got five hunts scheduled this year you know i've only been doing it for a few years and so we're still trying to trying to find that that right number but i think five is a good number because um i mean seeing the quality potential of these deer i i like killing mature bucks um you know we've got probably 40 legal bucks on the property this year and okay. believe, believe it or not i mean we haven't seen one yet but uh, <laughs> they're here should have been here yes they're here <laughs> yeah and uh but you know you let them get into that five and six year age range yeah. and it's just incredible what some of these deer can grow into i mean i've been on a decent number of mule deer hunts out of state and some of these bucks are almost on par with a lot of the deer that you see on you know utah or, or colorado mule deer hunts yeah that's true i can vouch for that without a doubt a lot of people call these blacktails you know little they're, they're like the mule deer's little cousin right but when you're shooting 130 140 inch deer it's it's not that little of a cousin no no it's a great deer for for our area and yeah there's always been talk about you know shooting a deer on the pass rebels area if it doesn't go into boone and crockett pope and young because it's a hybrid or was it crossed with a mule deer in the past and i mean i don't know i know a lot of guys that have had testing done and it showed that they are you know sure strain columbia blacktails but um you know kind of the what I've always understood is kind of the Mason-Dixon line is, you know, Interstate 5, and everything to the west of I-5 is technically considered a pure Columbia blacktail, and anything to the east is considered more of, you know, one of those mule deer hybrids. But, um, you know, It's I, interesting because, you know, Boone and Crockett does not classify these deer at all. Yeah. We're in no man's land. Yeah. Um, SCI calls these blacktails. Yeah. SCI is calling them blacktails now all the way down to Ventura County. Right. Okay. And so th I, isn't that where Boone and Crockett draws the line yeah. for coastal mule deer? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And so who knows? You know, what yeah. it comes down to is the thing that's fun about this hunt is it's a really early season. It's the earliest rifle season in the country. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's second Saturday in August is opener every year. And... Um, they're you know it yeah it's hot but it's a fun hunt and are you are you still seeing deer and velvet ryan or are you seeing some that have rubbed already kind of what's the from what you've been seeing what's the status of a lot of the deer last time i was out a couple days ago it looked like they were just kind of hitting that transitional point and i think there with was this, one bedded Would you see one yeah, back up here oh yeah there's some more up there too there was one bedded looked like a good size body one more row 
one more row back. Oh, and there's one there's in, one in the middle too. of the row. Right there. That's got to be a buck. I can't see his backside from here, but... Kevin, you that's might be big, able to... That's a big deer. It's a big body deer. But I just, can't, he's got yeah, his head. Heads in the clouds there. Yeah, I, I would I would bet that that is a buck. Well, and on that note, that's one of the other interesting things about this vineyard habitat is these deer get huge yeah. in terms of body size. And what do we what, you know, what do you call these deer, Ryan? Oh, uh, <laughs> little wagyu venison. Yeah, wagyu venison. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> hashtag wagyu venison, as Craig Bonington would say, pre-marinated yeah. venison, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, so kind of a typical body size in this area was always, I don't know, dressed out 120, 130 pounds for a good mature buck. And our average over the last few years is like 175. Yeah, they're... They just, I mean, they've got obscene amounts of fat on them. And they taste just, there's such a different taste to these deer. I, I mean, I, it is. I mean, it's truly almost like Wagyu venison. They're, they're incredibly, you know, Ryan and, you know, you and I, we hosted that dinner in, in March and where we a little bit non-traditional method of cooking a deer leg on the bone but I mean how awesome did that event turn out and how good was that venison? Oh it was spectacular Yeah We might have to, we're going to have to wrangle Kevin this next time and try to get him to come to that Well I was supposed to um, and then we didn't make it My back went out Yeah it was, it was a great event um and the, you know, Adam and Brenda Weatherby have both hunted out here before, and they both agreed that, I mean, it's it's hard to beat this venison. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's pretty universal that as soon as people taste it, it's just. Yeah, it's a different cut. There's no doubt about it. They're almost living a feedlot kind of life, yeah. you know, because when, when you look down one of those rows, I mean, they've got shelter, they've got food. They've got water intermittently. We don't irrigate too much because California is very water conscious. Especially now. Right. But, uh, you know, they've got everything they need right there. And they've got cover. Right. I mean, you think about a deer's life. It, it, you know, if you could, still, yeah, if you could be a, a deer. A bedded deer. Right. Eat, sleep, cover, procreate. I mean, what, what else One does more. a deer really do? Right. I mean, that's their life. And Doesn't sound too bad as a human every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yeah, right? really. <laughs> But I mean, what a what no better life than to live in a vineyard and, and have that that lifestyle. Now, Ryan, on the on the actual, why do they all have their heads right in the canes? <laughs> That's got to be a dope, because I see no horns above the canes. Yeah, I don't yeah. see anything hanging up there. So, you know, is it a myth? I mean, do the deer, from what I understand, I mean, the deer obviously eat the leaves. Do they eat the leaves down and then they start eating the grapes, or does it work vice versa? Or what do you see majority of the time? So we're just at what's called verasion. Um, so the clusters have been there for a couple months now, but they're just starting to turn color and sugar up. And so what we're seeing for the most part is uh, 70, 80% of their diet is the leaves. Okay. But then they will eat a lot of the the grapes as well and i think the bucks probably eat more than the does okay because we've got two dough we've got two irrigation ponds on the property and then i have watering troughs scattered around the place also just to try to kind of keep them dispersed yeah makes and sense i almost never see buck tracks 
at any water source. And they've got to be getting it from somewhere. Yeah. And so I'm thinking they're getting a lot of their moisture from... Out of the actual grapes, huh? The grapes themselves, mm-hmm. yeah. That's interesting. Because it's not hard to spot a buck track either. I mean, no. uh, and, and, you know, in this soft farm dirt, they're... Their hooves don't wear down at all. You'll see long. hoof prints that are, you know, yeah. four plus inches long on a relatively small body deer. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, that's true. It's sandy soil. Yep. Yep. Well, it's like even for, for us that have hunted a zone know that, you know, if you've had trail cameras out and you're, you know, there's a good buck in the area, but they're never hitting a certain water hole. It's like, where are they watering? You know, it's like, I think some of these bucks just find springs or just a little drip somewhere and that's that's where they go you know and they're they know they're vulnerable at a big water source they don't show up there well but you know so i mentioned earlier that we have four hundred thousand vines on this 500 acres each one of those vines has two drip emitters underneath it yeah yeah and so maybe they're just following that irrigation cycle grabbing one you know getting a little drink and So we think we've seen a deer or one buck. We think. So we think. Yeah, where's the rest of the 130? We're just going right? to all of a sudden just jaws are going to drop here any minute. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that to happen. You ready to get that uh, explicit tag on your podcast? That was another doe. Beep, beep. I was think it, it was. I think okay. it was, yeah. So just maybe a little bit about kind of the vineyard grind. I mean, what types of grapes and what types of varietals, different types of wines that you guys produce on, on average and a good, I guess on a dip, on a normal year, is there different grapes that you guys do or is it pretty standard? Yeah. So, you know, it's a permanent crop. So whatever varietal we have is established. Okay. Um, we're about 80% Cabernet Sauvignon, but then we have a total of 15 different, there we're getting into them, 15 different varietals around the property. Okay. Uh, work with some you know, noteworthy local wineries. Um, Cabernet Sauvignon is kind of the flagship of the Paso Robles area. Um, but then it's fun to play around with lots of other varietals. And what's kind of interesting is Merlot, it's not super popular with consumers, but man, the deer seem to love it. Mm. I don't know why. I don't, I mean, I can chew on a leaf and I can't tell the difference, but they can. <laughs> They're like first time wine drinkers. Right. They all start with Merlot. <laughs> Merlot drunk. Yeah. That's cool. Well, there's no doubt you guys make some, some great wines. I had shared a wine with a friend of mine who we're hunting Tule Oak with last week, and we opened up a bottle of the Steinbeck Vineyard, uh, Zinfandel. So it was a little buck. It was a good wine. Let's look at these other two. So it does. I'm not seeing anything there. We'll get there. Yeah, so what are the temps supposed to be uh, this weekend, Ryan? What uh, what are you going to get prepared for? Well, you know, this weather that we're dealing with right now actually has me a little bit optimistic because the forecast was... 100, 101 today, and I don't think it got over 92. A little bit of overcast. It's a gorgeous evening, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're looking at somewhere between 102 and 108 for opening day right now. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, I was showing 106 for both days yeah. on my uh, feed. 
But like you said, if uh, I don't know what the forecast is, but if we get this cloud cover, hopefully it'll hold the heat down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, this breeze get the deer moving a little bit. That cooler mm -hmm. breeze get them out of their beds and. You know, and what's fun about hunting the vineyard, too, is once you spend a little bit of time figuring it out, um, the heat can actually be a benefit because the deer are just as hot as we are, and they're always chasing that shade. Yeah, and so up. as the sun moves through mm -hmm. the sky, they'll be up they're and moving up. a lot more often, and they'll be up and going for water a little bit earlier. and things like that and sure. so it can actually I mean they're acclimated to it just like we get acclimated to it as best we can and uh, so it can actually be advantageous yeah well it's like whenever I'm out I'm always putting myself in those shoes like if I'm sitting in a spot where there's shade that's where I want to be when it's 105 yep. I don't want to be sitting out in the sun right it's just it's brutal that sun's just brutal on you so they're finding those pockets shade pockets underneath you know oak trees big oak canopy trees that's where you a lot of times you'll pick these deer out or in places like that yeah the problem is we've got four hundred thousand <laughs> canopy trees potential canopies <laughs> <laughs> just looking for one but it's true though that's a that's a common uh blacktail hunting technique is to hunt the shade yep. during the day Yep. Because that's where the deer will be. Yeah. So speaking of opening weekend, um, Ryan, what do you got? What do you got planned and set up for this weekend? You um, you got hunters coming in? Yeah, yeah, we've got two hunters coming in. Kevin, you want to expand yeah, on we that? Yeah, uh, uh, Jason Morton is coming as my guest. Jason uh, and I are old hunting buddies. We've been all over the world cool. uh, together. Over the last uh, 15 years or so, and uh, he's the vice president of marketing for CZ USA. I've got my associate editor on uh, Peterson's Hunting, Joe Ferranato, is uh, coming out from uh, from Montana. Uh, Joe lives in Montana, but he was born in California and has okay. never taken a blacktail. So wow. No kidding. This is kind of special for he's him, too. opposite of me, so I'm born and raised in Montana and <laughs> transplanted out here. So just, to, so just to caveat a little bit, funny story. This morning I get a phone call from a good friend of mine who um, actually came and, and was our host chef at our, our flip-flop dinner. And he calls me and he goes, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm at work. He goes, why aren't you out scouting for deer? I said, um, I'm at work. He goes, oh. He goes, well, I thought you might be helping one of my buddies coming out to deer hunt in California. I said, really? I said, um, Just some fawns. No. He goes, yeah, well, a buddy of mine is coming out to some vineyard somewhere in Central California down near you to do deer hunt. And I was like, huh, okay. Well, he goes, let me set up a group message with you with him, and maybe you guys can connect. So he does that. And so his name's, hey, Joe, hey, how you doing? And he goes, yeah, I'm coming down to California to do a deer hunt on the central coast i said oh cool i said well where are you hunting he goes i don't know some vineyard so of course i screenshot that and i sent it to ryan because i'm thinking okay and then he mentioned yeah i'm gonna be hooking up with kevin Steele." so it just it was crazy how small a world that it, it got real quick this morning as i uh, sent that little message buck. to ryan so yeah, yeah a little buck there yeah they like the merlot they like them or like, this is kind of like the nursery over here, right? <laughs> you can kind of see, though, looking down that row. Oh, they're way down. Oh, yeah, there's one in each row at least that I can see. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Those are all a little bit tan, though. I think the the bucks are starting to get that little bit of a grayish tone yeah. to them now, for the most part. But looking up close here, you know, you can you can imagine what a, a fully grown cane would be, but then you see all those kind of naked looking ones. That's all the deer hmm. eating all the leaves off. So if I recall correctly, this is right about where you took your buck, Kevin. Actually, I think we were on were we a little the bit other side over? of the hill. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, down that one of those yeah. long rows. Because it was, uh, I think it was, it was 300 plus. Yeah, it was 304 wow. or something like that. Yeah. That's a poke. It was a, a long poke. In a row, yeah. This is one of the only spots where you can shoot long on the property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I remember, it's just before you crested the hill. Because we kind of parked on the crest and then walked back three or four rows. Yep. Yeah, a lot of higher density of deer back in this area, Ryan. And the, to your point, whether it's the grape varietal or maybe there's just better cover or shade because the rows go, you know, north and south versus east or west, maybe that might be part of it. Well, and you see that in this heat. So right now, these rows are 100% shaded yeah. because of the angle of the sun. And so maybe they're moving in here. It's, you know, it's... Unfortunately, I have a day job, and so I don't have as much time to pattern them as I would like, but... Oh, you mean you have to work? Yeah, every no. once in a while. Just thought you played golf at these high-end golf courses and... <laughs> <laughs> drank wine. That's yeah, you, drink wine. That's you, buddy. <laughs> go, to, go get the wine and dine at the at the resorts, and I got to give him a hard time. He's sending me pictures from nice golf courses this last week, so I had to give him a hard time about that. Ooh. Golf too, huh, Ryan? Yeah, every once in a while. How about you? No, I played when I was young, and then I realized the most frustrated I ever got was playing golf. There's so a down there, down about <laughs> yeah, four or five hundred. No yards. doubt about it. I, so I stopped, and <laughs> my stomach's a lot better off. <laughs> <laughs> and your yeah. budget too. Yeah. yeah. You realize that there's one thing you're never going to beat master. It's the game of golf. There's no doubt about that. Well, they're being wily tonight. They must know something's on the horizon. Like it feels like it's getting close to hunting they're, season. They're sensing that opener. There's a couple buck. babies. Little buck. Yeah, little, 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 little buck. What are you talking about? That's a trophy. That's a trophy that's buck in the, the second row here. That's the best buck we've seen. Well, it is the best <laughs> one we've seen, but you forget I've been here before, Ryan. Kevin said What's... something about the nursery, right? Well, I might have yeah, we're still on the nursery. Still kind of on the nursery. Sent you a picture or two also and shot myself right in both Boy, feet. Boy, you did. <laughs> well, there's a pile of them in this field, though. Yeah, to your point, and this could be that, that just sweet spot in the, in the afternoons where they... Just like to like to hang. Well, and you know, it's back to the whole how much of a hunt can it really be on 500 acres aspect, right? I mean, they they can go anywhere and get all their needs met. So they might have those spots that they prefer, but at the same time, you push them a little bit, or or something pushes them around a little bit, and yeah, all of a sudden they're in a whole different spot, and you got to figure it out again. Well, I mean, to that point, I mean, you've got these humps. There's a couple deer up here to the right, but there could be 10 deer on the other side of this ridge, right, that we can't even see. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can see the far end of the field, but 
you can't see every inch of it. Yeah, exactly. Pile of them. Yeah. Yep. Good to see, like you say, the young ones got, you know, two fawns. That's just good, good crop for future. And, you know, it's interesting when you... Oh, we got one ducking through. What? And he cut up. Oh, oh there's, there's a, bunch of bucks. Bucks. A, bunch, there's a small, I don't know, small, small, small spike. Well, that's like a covey of deer there. Yeah. Yeah. Should have brought some of those CZ shotguns out. Oh, really? You know, it's interesting when we talk about drought conditions, and maybe we can we can rant that. But you know, it's it's interesting because I've been I've been you know hunting deer for the last month and a half with my bow, and then I was fortunate to take out a couple guys elk hunting this last week. And what I'm seeing this year, I'm not seeing it. I'm not I'm not seeing the drought conditions in the antler growth on the animals now. Could there have, could that one animal been you know a 315 inch bull versus potentially? But we're still I'm still seeing big deer and big animals. So it's interesting when we when we have that you know that conversation about drought, what it can and can't do. I've sometimes seen it been the year after a drought where you see the conditions change versus the actual year of the drought. I don't know if you guys have any feedback or comments on that. Well, and there's been a lot of studies on you know effects of environmental conditions during gestation and so that's what's almost impossible to track realistically unless you're doing a, you know a 20-year biological survey or something like that but that's what i'm always curious about is sure because uh, you'll every once in a while you'll get these little kind of blip years where yeah quality is just not there and the conditions for that year don't justify it um and so you got to wonder what effect this is going to have on on trophy quality in particular, sure. antler growth, all that kind of stuff, four or five years down the road. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm seeing the same. You know, the deer that I'm seeing this year. I mean, this is I, I say this every year, and and it's kind of true every year. Is it just keeps getting better. You know, Kevin killed that monster buck back in 2016, and uh, that was a four by four, wasn't it? Or four by three? Four by three. Four yeah. by three. I remember you showing me pictures of that, Ryan? Yeah, just the a beauty. You know, really tremendous local blacktail. Yeah, um, he had he had everything. You yeah. know, he had uh, great tine length, uh, a lot of mass. Uh, good eye guards, if I remember. Good, yeah, had eye guards, which you know aren't uh, aren't common on yeah. on most of these black tails. Yeah, eye guards uh, are kind of a those are always a, a f good feature to have yeah. on these if you if you can find them. You bet, you bet. So yeah, no, that uh, that deer had it all. And we have them out there this year, believe it or not. But oh, I, I believe it. I've seen some photos. <laughs> trust me, <laughs> I'm not doubting you at all. So what do you got going on, Lucas? Jeez. Anything new or <laughs> exciting in your world? Yeah, so a week from today, I'm, fingers crossed, hopefully I'm, I can get across the Canadian border. I'm heading to uh, BC for stone sheep hunt, so. Wow, I'm, nice, very I'm, nice. I'm just, uh, I'm stressed and I'm anxious all at the same time because I've got, all the stuff I got to get ready and testing and I got to have a quarantine plan. I mean, it is like, 
you know, it's it's already stressful enough going on a hunt like that. Adding in the potential of testing positive, having a plan, what you're going to do. I mean, it's just, it's there's a lot of stress involved. But my hope is once I get past all that, it's going to be an awesome hunt, which I know it will be. There's a small buck, a small little fork. It may have been one of those ones we saw. So, yeah, so that's a, a week out, and then I do that hunt. I get back. I'm home for three days, and then I head to Kyrgyzstan to go hunt Ibex. So it's uh, when I say it's going to be a wild next 30 days, it's going to be it's going to be pretty crazy. And, again, I'm only crossing my fingers. I'm hearing stuff now internationally. September 1, there may be some changes. So, I'm again, I'm saying a prayer every night that that uh, the world continues to turn and, and that we don't stop the world again. But um, at the same time, not holding my breath either. So, but yeah, so got a couple hunts there and then I'll do some domestic stuff. I got to go to hunt elk in Montana and hunt deer in Montana. I got a Colorado deer tag. And then I also got a, a local um, archery um, tag for Monterey County. So I'm excited for that. That's the month of October, the A26 tag. So that'll be fun to chase deer uh, in the rut here with my bow. So my son pulled that tag last year and got a buck. That's the best time to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at, I'm excited. I've, I've always seen a lot of the deer in October around here and I've never had a tag in my pocket to hunt them. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. And how, how long have you been uh, anxious about this stone sheep hunt now? Because it got postponed. Yeah, it's been a, this will be year three. So I put my original deposit in 18, um, 2019. I put some more cash down and I met my outfitter um, at the sheep show in 2020 in uh, January. And we were talking about how great it was going to be. And then March hit last year. And, uh, you know, the world turned upside down. And um, from that point up until about less than a month ago, um, I pretty much figured that that hunt was a pipe dream and was never going to happen again. And, um, you know, I, of course, last year um, the Canadian border was closed, so, so it didn't happen. And this year it was really trending to be the same story. And uh, late July, um, somehow the Prime Minister Trudeau they put a plan together and they opened up the border actually effective yesterday or two days ago, August 9th, the border opened for, um, non-essential type travel, which would be the case that I'm doing. So, um, so yeah, it's been, uh, almost three years in the making and, uh, you know, at this point, uh, if nothing significantly happens between now and next week, I'll be uh, on a plane headed up to, uh, BC. So, um, but yeah, it's been, a it's been a bit of a stressful time just you know you, you put a lot of time and energy and obviously financial into a hunt like this and all to come to find out that you know it may not happen um <laughs> it was hard for me to to swallow that for a while and so like i said it's pretty surreal to have the opportunity to actually be able to go and do this so very cool and you know there's hundreds of hunters probably thousands in the same predicament that had hunts planned for for 20 that uh, got canceled all over the world and yeah. uh it put a world to hurt uh, uh it's bad enough when you're a hunter but when you're an outfitter yeah it's uh, it's really hammered those folks in canada south america africa asia um 
they're the ones that are that that really got got hammered by it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I kind of look at it from that perspective. I mean, I know that a lot of the Canadian outfitters ran resident Canadian resident hunters, but you know these hunts were going for pennies on the dollar. I think they were just you know trying to make enough to keep the lights on. So two two subsequent years, I think would have put a lot of them out of business. So I'm I'm happy to see that they are. You know, some of the countries have have opened up and allowed. You know, folks to travel. You know, if vaccinated or you know, show proof of negative tests, so forth. So there's a lot of hoops to jump through. But I tell you, there's guys like me that don't have a problem doing that if we have the opportunity to go do it. So. Yeah. How how much have you heard about you know people going out of business, Kevin? Or you know, I haven't heard, frankly, of anyone actually going out of business. At least, let's say, no one that I know or among uh, the well-established outfitters. Um, that was kind of the impression that I had. Yeah. That a lot of people have been hanging on by their fingertips. Right. They're, yeah. hang, they're, they're hanging, hanging on. on. You know, luckily they they had bank accounts, and you know the bank accounts are probably pretty well drained. But they're looking forward to uh, to this season. Um, yeah. Especially uh, uh, in Canada um, and Africa as well. Um, you know, those guys kind of got double and trippy, triple whammy uh, with the various uh, import bans on uh, on elephant and, and lion and right. other things. Uh, and then to uh, to come into to COVID. Uh, besides, so yeah, they've uh, they've been doing what they what they can do. Uh, some of them uh, in South Africa, for instance, on the on the farms, they've been bringing in local meat hunters. Uh, but I have a friend that operates a 15,000-acre uh, property, uh, and he's taken off uh, over 400 head of game uh, just in this last year. And right hadn't, had a, hadn't had an international hunter since September of 2019. Wow. In the middle of that hillside, there's a pile of them. Oh, there's a good buck. Ryan, you got an eye for them, that's for sure. Yeah. He's, uh, here, let me. What is it for, compared to the tower? So go just to the right of the tower, but I mean, oh, I see. once, I see once you pick one up, get the glass on it, yeah, and you're going to see a pile of them. And so look toward the top edge of that, and you're going to start seeing bone all over the place. Uh, oh, my gosh. Eating the vines. There's a 16, 17-inch wide fork. I think we found them. Well, and then you go kind of just below the horizon, and there's eight or nine more yep, up in there. Up and in that's there. when they pick their head. Oh, yeah, see, yeah, there we go. There we go. So they if you take, lying to us. If you take that, the tower that has kind of the, the wider one, come straight down from the right-hand edge of it and go. Oh, yeah, I see him up there. Yeah, he's got his head up in the vines and. I see one moving, he's but chewing. he's almost. Uh, no, he's he good. Just, he's fully hardened off. Yep. He's a nice he's three, a three by three. He's got three. See, they're starting to move now. Yeah. Oh, that's a. He's wide too. <laughs> but then there's three or four more oh, to his a whole, left. Oh, there's just, I, there. It's just hard to keep track of them right now. Yep. I want to see this one up top. There he goes. Oh, yeah, he's a beauty. Oh, yeah. Both yeah, levels, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, there's, there a velvet, there's a velvet one there. Okay. Yep. <laughs> nice velvet deer. But that was a good spot, Ryan. That hillside was alive with him. I'm sure you've never looked there, Ryan, and probably never seen deer in your life. 
Wow, that was some good action there. So that's what well, they just all. There's some that we haven't looked at too. So they, they, oh, yeah. They just all got bundled up together. Then there's st- yeah, there's it's still crawling with uh, with deer up there's there. There's 40, 50 deer in there, yeah. I think. This one that won't lift his head up is one that I really want to see. The one that's still up at the top? No, he's about uh, he 40% down. It's almost like a good meal. It gets quiet at the dinner table. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. <laughs> Listeners, where'd everybody go? Well, we just run into a big pile of deer, so... Pardon the dead air. No, it's all good. We're head hunting right now. <laughs> all right, I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to nervous. You know, you invite the guy that's coordinating the hunt out to come scout for bucks, and who's then all t- of a sudden you're getting texting skunked. the hunters. <laughs> texting the hunters right now. We haven't seen a legal buck. We haven't seen a legal buck. They're all gone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Triple IPA that. Triple that. What's that? IPA or sunny days? Sunny for me. Oh, not an IPA. Okay. Light Any, ones. Anything but. What you couldn't hear there is Ryan's going to go back, and now that we've seen some deer, his tension levels come down yeah. a little bit. Kevin. Oh, yeah. Like any outfitter, right? <laughs> He's like, okay, now I can have a beer. No, that was a pile of deer. A couple. No, that was really nice. And really nice deer in there. It's interesting too because they're they're in a great spot. That wind is yep. coming right through that little valley there. Yep. Um, they were on the shady side, so everything that we were talking about is uh, where those deer were. Well, and what's fun too is so a little bit of local knowledge here. If they like that hillside on opening morning, we're going to come around. From right over there, we're going to come right up over the top of this, and we're going to have a 150-yard shot right into that hillside yeah. with great, with better Good. visibility than you'll yeah. have almost anywhere on the ranch. Sure. No, that makes sense. Well, you got to figure if they're in that area today, what's two days away? They probably there's something about that area I'm well, sure that contains. So we, we were talking about the drip irrigation. This block is on right now. So they got water here. They got, they got water feed cover. Yep. Now on the drip nice system. Does that just time on a couple times a day, or is it once a day? Or We do it all manual. There's, okay. There's a lot of automation that's coming on the market, and some of it's worthwhile, some of it's not. Gotcha. Um, we're still a little bit old school in the way we farm, and I like being hands-on, eyes-on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And so we uh, we do everything pretty much manual. Okay. I don't like getting tractor stuck, and yeah. I've farmed a lot of vineyards with automated irrigation systems, and... People gotcha. trust the automation and don't check it. Visually. It's like anything, anything and, in business. Uh, I yeah. think sometimes manual, sometimes it's just better that way. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. that's interesting observations on uh, why they may be in this block right here. Um, makes a makes, lot of sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. There was definitely some some really nice mature deer there. Yep. That well, tree, that tree even, was beauty. And we didn't even see half of them. Nice. We didn't even get a good look at half. Oh, there's there's a quail. Yep. I think quail are going to get hammered this year. They, my coveys, I've got two decent coveys on my place, and um, 
they just didn't survive this year. The right. checks. Um, predation. You know, and, yeah, predation. You know, when there's was no grass high, for cover. No grass for cover. No bugs to eat. Turkey's the same way. Yeah. Um, yep. Turkeys are going to get hit hard, too. We had a good hatch, uh, but the poults just didn't survive. Yep. And that's mostly bugs. I mean, if it's not green for the first six weeks after they hatch, all they're the in trouble. and yeah. all that. Yeah. They, they need like insects. To feed on. They need insects. Well, and then the mass crops, too. You know, those are going to suffer on a year yeah. like this. And, and I always figure with, like, the turkeys, you know, if the grass isn't high, the coyotes, the bobcats, they've yep. just got free rain because those little chicks yep. and pole can't hide, you know. And yep, roadrunners. Yep. Roadrunners hammer them, too. Do they really? Oh, gosh, yeah. Wow. wow. I didn't know that. Terrible predators. And I'm seeing more roadrunners all the time. Yeah, terrible predators. Well, that was cool. That was cool. They're up was, and moving now, too. Yeah. You know, you see them feeding like that. Well, this so. breeze definitely yep. should, should get them up and get them moving around a little bit. Yeah, look how far we've come. What is it, 7, not even 7.30, and we're down, what, 20 degrees from where it was today? Yeah, yeah, at least. Take a peek at that one, Lucas. About 2, 2.30, 2.40 up there. Yep. Right-hand side. Yep. You might, if you kind of crane your neck, you might be able to. That's a buck. I see. Right at its ears, possibly 16 to 18, maybe. I can't count times. That's good. So we, I can see. Well, we'll mosey our way here. See, this is. They would have just been, this could have been part it, of that Kevin? same group, right? Right up skyline. Oh, yeah. there's another one behind him. There's too. another yeah. one. Be, yeah, just the one behind it out. was a spike, but that one there feeding closest to us had. Definitely had a had a frame on him, but so that's what's kind of fun is you know you I mean this so this block right here that we just kind of bumped them in is 30 acres. Mm. They moved all of I don't know 100 yards. Yeah, yeah at the most. That. Yeah. Oh, skyline. Oh, look at that. Two rows up. Oh, stud. That's a good buck. That's a darn good buck. Stud. Looks like a three by four. Yep. Three, three by right, four with eye guards. Yeah. With little eye guards. Yep. Oh, man. There's a good buck. Mommy. <laughs> I wonder why Ryan could pop a beer now. Oh, yeah. We were, t we were joking. The oh, there's a, there's a there's butt a, there's in that row. Yeah. The nerves have come down a little bit. There's another one moving about three rows to the left. Let me see if I can get a skyline of that guy. Oh, Free shot that. right there. Trying not to move. The with a camera, not with a rifle. <laughs> Ryan, go about, I don't know, six, eight feet forward if you can. Right there. Pardon the heavy breathing. new 3200s man that lent the glass in these is just incredible yeah that's pretty insane i mean glass just keeps getting better but wow that's a that's a beauty he'll be on somebody's wall this year hopefully huh nice that'll work yeah but so we bumped them out of a spot where we had to really struggle to find them there's a doe 
now all of a sudden they're in a real huntable spot. You know, there's two more deer in that row. Coming across. Now they're just one on either side of, so it's this row that we're Man, directly aligned. that's a young fawn right. up there. Look at that, uh, look at the, look at the skyline. Look at that little fawn. Oh yeah. Like that's she a, just dropped like a week ago. She's still milking. Man, that's a that's crazy. We get those late ones like that though sometimes. We do. Yep. Well, the the amount of predation in this area, you know, I think coyotes are the primary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get into some of the outlying areas, and there's definitely a lot of lion pressure. Yeah. Um, there's another one on the skyline. This next changes row, their uh, changes their patterns, huh? But, you know, in, in the vineyard itself, there's so much activity, predators tend to avoid it. And yeah. so the deer, the deer thrive. You know, we see two, three, four sets of triplets every yeah. year that survive. Yeah. So that's it. The deer don't mind the activity uh, because you're only hunting them for a few weeks out of the year. Right. And uh, but the predators, you know, you're after them. You're on them whenever you see them. So right. hey, you're shooting the coyotes if you can. Because yeah. God, yep. that's fun. <laughs> it is. <Yes>. It is. <laughs> we got a little. We got a little excitement in this year, didn't we, Ryan? Yeah. I think we, we poked, had one good run. Poked one. We didn't try real hard. No. No, I'll have to give it another whirl. That whole day job thing. Yeah. Yeah, that four-letter word gets in the way. Well, let's go, uh, let's go cruise around to the other side and see if we can get a better look now because that was a really nice buck. That was a good buck. That was, yeah, sure. that was, For sure. that was one you're, you're not going to say, well, let's see if I think we can do better. Yeah, but no, you, no, that's, I, that's one, two, three, bang. It's always fun to find that one that makes you say, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And we've well, got a couple of those. Well, it's one, plus we know what he looks like now, too. Yep. One that keeps you keeps you excited, but when you got hunters knowing that that one's around, you know that there's, there's always a possibility. That's right. I'll tell you what, you know, back to that whole hybrid conversation. I mean, you look at these deer and they do not look like Columbia blacktails in a lot of cases. They've got more of a mule deer frame to them. Yeah. Uh, and so I, genetically, I mean, the distinction between a blacktail and a mule deer is not that great anyway. I have to wonder if there is some hybridization. It doesn't really matter. Um, but then every once in a while, you know, that mule deer frame is predominant. Every once in a while, we get one of those real classic, just kind of narrow frame, tall, tons of mass. Kind of more of that Columbia, right? Yep. And something about those bucks does something for me. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But there's also something about one that might go 24, 25 inches wide. Yeah. Yeah. A 130, does 140 last one, two, three, bang, like Kevin said. Yep, no question. The three-second rule is <laughs> what we used to call it. Once you see it, you got three seconds to pull the trigger. Well, I wish all my hunters knew that. Well, you know, most, <laughs> most hunters don't get the animal they're after because they're too slow. Yep. No, and you're really right. A deer will give you... About a couple seconds, right? Yep. They'll give you that just, okay, what are you? Nope, I don't feel good about this. I'm done. Yep. 
and they'll give you that window. But three-second rule. I'm playing the angles game right now. Sorry. So we are at almost 7.30. We got the sun dropping here right in 30 minutes. So 7.56 sun drops, 82 degrees. We've, like I said, we probably dropped at least probably 15, 10 to 15 degrees since the sun was uh, predominantly up without cloud cover and really starting to see a lot of deer moving around. Yeah, and you know, the, the little bit of overcast that we have is great for visibility, but mm -hmm. in some ways I, I like it when it's hot and bright sun. And Yep, for sure. Didn't know if we might be able to get eyes on something from here. Because they were right on the crown of that hill. This was a, a cool conversation. We've uh, we've been at it for for well over an hour, hour, gents. So maybe we can do is we can uh, we can put a put a closure to our little discussion. That'll give us a little opportunity. Maybe right as the right as the gray light starts to hit and the sun starts setting, we can get out and glass if we need to. But Kevin, it's great uh, having you on. Great getting uh, your input and insight, and uh, cool that you got some some hunters coming in this weekend. So that'll be exciting to for you to kind of help uh you know guests and sponsor them so we're looking forward to it uh it's a great place to hunt and uh, like you said it's a unique experience and uh if you ever get a chance to do it i would highly recommend it yeah and ryan as always good uh thanks for the invite man and appreciate the uh the the fuel you're burning and the beer we're drinking it's always nice to get out and look at some really nice deer and a pretty cool property so thanks for uh, thanks for having us out ryan and thank you for leaving your bow at home because <laughs> you know me didn't need something to die tonight no no i'm if i have to i'm waiting my turn it'll be it'll be long long before all your other or it'll be after all your other hunters have done your their their damage so Anyway, thanks, gentlemen, for, for jumping on. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, Ryan, good luck uh, this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see photos and hear stories. So uh, you guys have some good luck, and I uh, appreciate having you guys on. You bet. Little spike. Adios. Hey, listeners. This is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Check out our website at rnaoutdoors.com to find all of our podcast platforms. Go listen today where you podcast. Additionally, leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Instagram at Rod and Arrow Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors and YouTube, RNA Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. We hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Subscribe today and follow along on the journey.